Shalom Aleichem. Shavua Tov to all of you, listeners of this great station, a station of Divrei Torah, <coughs> Divrei Orerut, Divrei Musa, Divrei Alecha, and of course, religious music. This is Rabbi Albas from SLC. I'm going to speak about the parasha we read yesterday, Shlach Lecha. <coughs> First of all, uh, this is the summer coming up. I know many, many of you probably be going away for the summer, uh, some deal, some somewhere else. So I wish to all of you a very happy, enjoyable, and pleasant summer. Now, the most salient topic in the parasha of Shelah Lecha obviously is the case of the Meraglim. I am not going to concentrate on the case itself because we have spoken about that years before. Uh, but I'm just going to talk about a certain Midrash which Rashi brings. Well, as you know, there were 12 spies that were sent to Eretz Israel to scout the land, and 10 came back with a bad report, and the other two, Yoshua Binun and Kaleb Funei, they came with a good report. And because they came with a bad report, they spoke Lashonara, the punishment was harsh and swift. But Rashi says the following. He says, Lama nismecha parashat miraglim le parashat miriam. If you recall, last week, at the end of the parashat of Be'alotcha, it was, parasha, it was the passage of Miriam that spoke Lashonara about her brother, Moshe Rabbeinu, and she was punished. She was punished with sarat which we usually translate as leprosy, although it's not exactly the same. But she was uh, she was stricken with Sarat. So these people, Rashi brings the Midrash that says, why do we have this passage of the Meraglim right next to the passage of Miriam? He says, because Lefi shilakta al eske diba shidibra be'ahea. Because they, she, Miriam, was stricken by, uh, because of Lashonara, that she spoke about her brother. Urshaim Halalu, and these wicked people, meaning the ten people that came back with a bad report, Ra'u musar. They saw what happened, and they did not learn a lesson from it. <clears throat> Notice the Midrash says, Ra'u, they saw. It doesn't say they heard. Why not? Why not say, okay, they heard what happened to Miriam and they did not learn a lesson. But it doesn't say they heard. It says, Ra'u, saw. Because Rabotai, hearing and seeing are two different things. And I'm going to give, uh, uh, to bring out a few examples. For example, when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Hasinai for 40 days, he was learning the Torah with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Then, the 40th day, Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Lech red, go down. Kishihet Amecha. Your people have 
have corrupted. What happened? They moved away. They went astray from the path that I commanded them. They actually fabricated and made a egel, a molten calf. Hashem is telling him that. But Moshe Rabbeinu did not react when Hashem told him. He went down, and when he came down, then he heard. When he, came, when he approached the camp, he saw. Before that, he heard. The Torah says that Moshe Rabbeinu, he heard with his own ears. The music, he heard the, 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 uh, the singing, and the dancing, and the, the, all the hoopla that was going on with the people around the golden calf. But all that hearing, he did not break the tablets. When did he break the tablets? When he came and saw the calf with his own eyes. Then it says, Moshe Rabbeinu got angry, and he threw from his hands, he threw their tablets, and broke them. Seeing is much uh, stronger than hearing. It leaves a greater impression on the human being than just the hearing. Now, I'm going to bring another, another case which is, uh, I think, uh, very important and very interesting. The Torah in Parashat Bereshit says, Vayhi Esav in Arba'im Shana. Esav was 40 years old. And what happened? He married, he took two wives. And they were uh, from the Hittite, uh, from the, you know, the Hittim, Hittite wives. They were of the Abdazarad, worshipping idols. And as they were worshipping idols, they were, you know, offering uh, sacrifices to them. And then as they burned, uh, there was smoke, and uh, th that smoke, of course, was uh, very harmful to the eyes of Yitzchak Avinu. But that is not, the Torah is not stressing that fact. The Torah st stresses the spiritual part of it. It says, Vatihiena morat ruach Litzchak or Rivka. These women that Esav married, they were like they brought in spiritual bitterness, spiritual pain and grief to Yitzchak and to Rivka. Notice that Yitzchak comes first and then Rivka. Why would you say, well, Yitzchak was a tzaddik? Rivka was a tzaddiket. Rivka Imenu was a tzaddiket. And, and we see that she was a tzaddiket because... We, we see that when Yitzchak brought Rivka and he brought her to the, his tent, he says, He brought her to the tent of Sarah. And all the miraculous signs that uh, occurred when the mother of Yitzchak, Sarah Imenu, in that tent, they came back again. There were three signs. One of them was that 
נר דלוק מערב שבת לערב שבת, רשי סאז. There was always light that stayed uh, lit from ערב שבת until the next ערב שבת. Second thing, there was a bracha in the isa, in the dough. When Sarayim was baking dough, there was a bracha in it. A small, a small amount will last for long. And there was Asha, there was a smoke of Shekhinah, cloud of Shekhinah outside the tent. When Sarai Menu passed away, all these three Simanim disappeared. When Rivka came, the three Simanim came back. So Rivka was a tzaddiket. But still, it says, Morat Ruach Leitzchak or Rivka. Still, There was a, the bitterness, the spirit of bitterness was more for Yitzchak than Rivka. In other words, there's a slightly more tolerance on Rivka than on Yitzchak. Why? Why? Because Rivka Imenu, when she was in her home as a child, then the home, people in the house there, they were Uh, worshiping idols. They were of their Avodah Zarah. And she saw that. She saw the Avodah Zarah. And that seeing, that sight, left a lasting impression. Now let's calculate a little bit. How old was Sarah Imenu when Esav married these two women? Now, Esau was 40, okay? According to Chazal, Rivka Imenu was taken to Yitzchak when she was three years old. Yitzchak Avinu waited 10 years until she was 13, then he married her. Another 10 years, she didn't give birth until they prayed, both of them. Then Hashem gave them the twins. So at the age of 23, approximately, she had Esau, And Yaakov. Now 23, and now Esau was 40 years old. So Rivka was 63 years old. Imagine, Rabotai, imagine. She saw the Avodah when she was 3 years old. Now it's 60 years later. 60 years later. And it's still in her mind. It's still in her mind. Why? Because a, a, a bad sight like that will stay with the child for a very long time, perhaps forever. This is why we always tell the people, Rabotai, in your home, be very careful. What you do in your house, the child is going to repeat. If you tell your child, put on a kippah, make a beracha, and you don't, not going to help much. It might help, but it is not, it won't be very effective when the child sees that you put on the yamulka, you make the beracha, then he will do the same thing. When he sees you make the netilat yadayim and the motzi, then he'll know that that's what it's supposed to do. When he says you're making a kiddush, 
on Friday night and Shabbat, then he knows that's what he has to do. You could tell him all you want. It won't help. We see another thing here with the sight of Botai. He says, Vayehyu b'nei Yisrael b'midbar, Vayemtseu ish mekoshesh etzim b'yom ha-Shabbat. The b'nei Yisrael were in the desert, and they saw a man that was mekoshesh etzim. Mekoshesh, you know, he made the, he made the avon, he made a big sin. What was he doing? He was depending on uh, a different opinion. Some say he was cutting twigs from the tree that is asur on Shabbat. Or some say he was gathering them, the twigs, from far away back in. Or some say he was, uh, 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 he was uh, uh, carrying it in a, in a public domain. Well, which, whatever it is, he was mehalel Shabbat b'farasya. And the people there, there were edim, who actually warned him. Because in, in the halakha is, we cannot... Uh, 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 execute a person for Hilul Shabbat unless the Edim, there were two people that warned him and the two people will be the actual witnesses that he did so. And the warning is not the day before. It is not two hours before, not even an hour before. The warning has to be at the time that the person is actually doing the act. When a person, this Mekoshesh, it seemed right at the time, just before the Edim, the, the two people came to him warning, if you do this, what you're doing now, you know it's forbidden on Shabbat. Oh, I know it's forbidden. You know that the, the uh, punishment for that is stoning. Oh, yeah, I know it's stoning. And he goes and does it anyway. That's the only time with the witnesses that can testify to it, it could be uh, sentenced to, uh, uh, to stoning. But some people, there are some hazal that say that this Mikoshesh Etzim, uh, he did it on purpose. Why? In order to show the Bnei Israel, the people, how bad it is when you are Mechalel Shabbat. In other words, all the Bnei Israel heard the Ten Commandments that you're not supposed to do any work on Shabbat. They know what the 39 Melachot were. They all know. But hearing it is one thing. Seeing it is another. What the Mikoshesh Etzim wanted to accomplish is when you see something, that would be a much bigger deterrent. Then the people will know. It will, it will leave a, a, a lasting impression in their mind when they see it. When they saw him being stoned, that is different from just hearing Allah. Oh, you know what? If you are Mihal Shabbat with Edim, with witnesses and warning, okay, the, 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 the uh, punishment is, is stoning. What's well, one thing? Of course, that should be effective enough, but seeing is much stronger. So, ladies and gentlemen, let, let, let me repeat again. 
if seeing leaves such a lasting impression, and if Rivka Imenu, at the age of three, saw something and 60 years later still stayed with her, nowadays we should learn a lesson from that, especially in the case of Tzni'ut. Many mothers think their kids, well, they're three years old, so what? I mean, they can go and dress not decent, so what? They, they, they're not going to know the difference anyway. Well, they're three years old, four years old, five years old. Wrong. When they see the mother dress a certain way, whether they're three, four, five, even two, it's going to stay with them. They're going to remember that. And when they grow up, when they'll be teenagers, you could tell them all you want. No, I can't do this, you can't do that. But no, in their mind, their mother did it. They're going to continue. They're going to do it. We're in the summer now, Rabotai. This is the time where the rules of attire, the rules of decency, decent dressing is important. Take lesson. Learn from it. Be careful with your children. But you see, this is, we started out with the question, how come uh, the Midrash says, Usha'im halalu ra'u, that this Rishayim, meaning the 10 people, the 10 scouts that came back with an evil report, they saw, okay, uh, they saw Miriam, what happened to Miriam, and they did not learn a lesson. The question was, how come they saw? Why does it say the word ra'u saw? Why not they heard? Well, after all these illustrations that are brought, seeing is much, much, uh, leaves a much greater impression and a, a much more lasting impression. So they saw it. The Miraglim saw what happened. Not just heard. And yet, they went ahead and said an evil report. Now, we should do the opposite, Rabotai. The, uh, the scouts came back with an evil report. It's not just the report alone. The report alone is, is it, 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 I mean, it, it, was, it was right. I mean, they said, for example, okay, the, uh, uh, the, the, there's uh, giants over there. So there were giants over there. Probably true. It's not the report itself. The report itself was okay. It's the way they interpreted the report. Ramban says, they say, Ephes ki azam. Like, we're, we're nothing. Ephes, we're nothing. We, we can't possibly beat these people. Ki hazakum imenu. It's much stronger than us, chazbe shalom. It's much stronger. Even, even a gadosh world, God forbid, he couldn't do it. And they're, they're giants, the big people there. This is Hilul Hashem. Besides Lashonara, Hilul Hashem. And Hilul Hashem is a very, 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 uh, very grave and severe sin. And the punishment for that is death, and that's why they were killed. We have actually what we, we are Amsegula. We have to do the opposite. Kiddush Hashem. Sanctify the name of a Baruch 
in any way we can, not only between the Jews themselves, but even between us and the Gentiles. That's a very important thing. You know, the Gemara uh, Yerushalmi uh, brings a Maase. Brings a Maase. This Maase has to do with a man by the name of Shmuel ben Susrata. That was his name. And this man was a Sadiq. It doesn't say Rabbi Shemuel. Not just say it, I mean Hakam. He was a Sadiq. He was a good man. This man was walking once and he found a treasure box. Opens the box and he sees the most expensive jewels and diamonds and gold, pearls, something unbelievable, very expensive. He surmised that this must belong to the queen. The queen lost the box. Sure enough, the next day, there was a proclamation, and the proclamation was that whoever found that treasure box and brings it to the queen within 30 days will get a big reward. A big reward. A quarter of a million dollars as a reward. A big money here. However, if the person does not bring it within 30 days, then she's going to send the soldiers to go from house to house. And when, she found, when, they, when, when they find the culprit, they will, they will kill him. He'll be sentenced to death. Now, Shmuel bin Susrata, he had, I mean, he had the box. He heard the, the proclamation. But he did not bring it. He didn't take it to the, to the queen. Two days, three days, four days, a week, two weeks, a month passes by, doesn't bring it. Next day, the soldiers are going to their homes already, searching, searching. Then he goes to the queen. He goes to the palace. He says, I want to see the queen. What do you have? A treasure box. So they bring it in. So the queen Asks this man here, says, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Do you hear well? Yes, I do. Did you hear the proclamation? Yes, I did. Why didn't you bring it? We're in time. I, he says to her, if I had brought it within the 30 days, then you reward me for, with the quarter million dollars. I don't want the money. I don't want to return this because you're giving me the money. I want to return it because Akadosh God told me to return it. Uh, and the Yerushalmi says that the queen said, Baruch Hashem Yehudim. Blessed be God with the God of the Jews. That's Kiddush Hashem. That's Kiddush Hashem. At any time, Hashavat Aveda, there's a big mitzvah to give back something that you found, which can be returned uh, to a Jew, but for a goy, we also should return it because of Kiddush Hashem. We are Amsegula, we have to behave a certain way. We have to impress 
our neighbors that we are special people. People that have midot, good, good virtues. We behave in a certain way that can be praised by other people. That will give us Shem Tov at the same time, Kiddush Hashem. Let's hope that Hashem and all of us will learn, take a lesson. First of all, a lesson that we have to be very careful how to behave in the home. When we have children there, whatever we do is going to leave an impression on them. Secondly, to do Kiddush Hashem. And Be'ezat Shashem HaKadosh Baruch Hu will send us our Mashiach Sitkenu. Amen. Please let me remind you again that this station only lives because of your contributions. Whatever you can afford, please send it in order to keep this uh, this uh, broadcasting going. Also, if uh, you have any simha, please look us up at SLC. And if you like uh, this kind of Torah uh, Chidushim, I always give a shiur every Shabbat one hour before Minha. Shavuatov, kulechem beruchim to you.